here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Bombela. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. So a completely change of tune now in terms of what we're going to be looking at this hour. Uh, the Department of Trade and Industry and Competition as and competitions, rather, 2020 and 2021 National Furniture Design Competition is announcing its winners at a virtual event today. Now, five finalists, each in the students and established manufacturers categories, will be vying for top honors. Uh, let's firstly find out about this competition and how exactly it has been run. We're joined by um, various guests this morning who are going to help us break down what has been happening in terms of this competition. Jason Wells is the brand and marketing um, manager at PG Person. Uh, Benedict Isaacs is managing director for the uh, South African Furniture Initiative. And Craig Schneerberger is the COO of Corecraft. Good morning to all of you. Um, Jason, good morning. Good morning. Morning, Kathy. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. Sure. Benedict? Morning, Kathy. Uh, morning, Benedict. Craig? Morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. So uh, thank you all for joining us today. Firstly, let's begin with this competition and what exactly it is. Benedette, you might be a best place to help us answer that question. Thank you, Kathy, and good morning to the listeners. Um, in terms of the nature design competition, um, the competition goes back as far as 2008. Uh, when it was actually launched as a provincial competition in partnership with the DTIC, the Fiber Processing and Manufacturing CETA, and many other stakeholders. Mm. It was then a provincial organization, and in 2014, the DTIC, with many sponsors and partners, uh, took the competition, competition to a national level. Um, and over the years, we've had many themes for the competition. This year's theme being, the, these are ours, and uh, this is mine. Um, and every year there's a different scene to the competition. It's interesting because, you know, most people choose to have furniture in um, their households, but we don't often think about the process that enables us to find stores, whether you're at a shopping center, whether, whether you're at a mall, that gives you options of, of these goods or even why they're designed. Why did you particularly target this industry? Benedette? Yes, um, yes, Kathy. Sorry. Um, the um, so the South African Furniture Initiative is the industry association. Mm. Worked in partnership with many stakeholders um, from the government sec- um, sector, being the DTIC and various other government agencies, and all the private sector in partnership with um, stakeholders like PG Bison and Corycroft and various other retailers and manufacturers in the industry. Mm. Um, so the competition aimed to um, um, identify and nurture um, design talent um, in South Africa um, and actually showcase that um, to South Africa and the rest of the world. Jason, what has been the impact of, of competitions such as this on the industry? Oh, um, okay. So, so uh, from, from our point of view as PG Bison, we've also run a, a competition. We've been running one for nearly 30 years. Um, the 1618 Education Initiative, and definitely the, the, there's the support that we can show as industry um, to 
educational institutions and, and, and small uh, uh, SMEs um, is immense because they often don't get the exposure that they need. Mm. And by allowing them to enter and then showcase their work and what they can do, they get elevated to another level. So it, it, it really is a huge benefit. And I think the other thing that we, we have to understand is that once upon a time, you know, furniture was a case of um, the retailers or someone would go overseas, look what's the trends, bring that back and make that sort of you know, available locally. But these days with social media, you know, anyone can just jump onto a Pinterest or an Instagram, see something new and exciting, and they expect the same to be available immediately here. So that's why it's so important to nurture this design and push it, because if we don't do that, the, the retailers are forced to go and look for these designs internationally, and mm. rather than support local um, and being able to do this ourselves, we end up importing. And that's why it's so important that we just keep nurturing this design sort of um, element of that. Mm. How, how accessible is the industry, especially just to um, young people who, like you're saying, will be on Instagram um, looking at different designs and thinking, hey, actually, uh, you know, I could do this. I think I can design some very nice futuristic furniture if that's what the brief is. Yes. So uh, in, in terms of, of, of I mean, the, the competition is, is, is open to, to students and uh, manufacturers them, themselves. But I think we, we've got a, a ways to go to, to just sort of get more and more traction with this competition. I'm seeing every year better and better entries coming into it. Mm. But I think it's, it's, it's got to become sort of, um, you know, we've got, we've, we've got some work to do to just make it um, more, more accessible or, or, or just that more people know about it. Mm. You know, I think of, often it, 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 um, it ends up, and, and I think it's tricky because sometimes, especially for, for the professionals, um, you've got to try and enter a brief while you're running your own business, and that that can sometimes be a bit a bit difficult. But mm-hmm. I, but I certainly think that you know, in terms of competitions out there and and, and allowing people to to enter and and you know sort of get involved, I think it's it's very accessible. Craig, you're a CEO of one of the big retailers of furniture in this country. Uh, talk to me about this competition and the impact perhaps that your own business uh, plays uh, and the role that your business plays. Sure, Cathy. So we obviously uh, two sides to the manufacturing sense. Obviously, Koikos mainly known as a, as a retailer, mm. but obviously at the back end of that retail chain, uh, we own a big manufacturing plant down the Western Cape, where we manufacture all the couches uh, locally um, out of Cape Town. So that's why we're involved with the DTI and this competition. So I think we've been involved for the last three years, um, and obviously one of the, the winner comes and spends a, a year with us on an internship in our R&D department in, our, in the factory. And works with us in terms of, of, of how, you know, taking their concepts and actually putting into practice. How mm-hmm. do you take a concept of a sofa and actually make it commercial? What, um, have, yeah. what have you found to be the experience of these young people uh, or the winners of this competition when they come to you for a year? No, I think that they've obviously, really, you know, firstly really enjoyed, enjoyed the time with us. Um, of, of, of the two we've had through the system, one is still, you know, employed with us. One is one has moved on to to different things and hopefully greater things um, outside, of, outside of South Africa. So I think, yeah, it's a little bit that we can do for an individual to bring them in and, and really teach them the business side of design mm-hmm. um, because sometimes, you know, you can take a design and it may not be com- be able to be commercialized. So how do we then take these young, talented people and really be able to teach them the commercial side of taking that that drawing or that picture or that, that concept mm-hmm. into actually reality? And that, that's what our R&D department down here in the Western Cape is able to work with them and hopefully, you know, teach them and, and, and help them to, to take that, 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 so that internship then turns into hopefully full-time employment down the road. 
in in many ways you you're doing one of two things you're either telling people that look look at this item you absolutely need it for your home or you are you know taking a preemptive approach and trying to gauge what is going to uh, be relevant in the market what is it that people are looking for that is uh, functional that looks good etc and you you're also trying to please a whole host of people with different in with different um tastes and who are after different things how do you meet that balance yeah, so I think, you know, we try, I guess, as Coicoff, we try and be the authority, you know, in, in the couch design. Um, and I guess pricing is a, is a huge part of it. Mm. Um, for, you know, for, for the target market we're trying to attract. Um, yeah, so I think that between, you know, as, as the previous caller mentioned, you know, around, or guest mentioned around, you know, looking at designs around the world, how do you then make those, those right for, for this African market? You know, sizing is a big thing for this African market compared to what happens in Europe. And really working with our, with our marketing team, our buyers, uh, the factory R&D department, designers, and, you know, putting together a range of furniture that firstly is affordable, firstly that the quality, you know, for that product is, is good. And, uh, and it makes it uh, aspirational to the to the target market we're trying to attract on the retail front of our business. Mm. Benedette, let me bring you into uh, the conversation here and just ask in terms of uh, the perspective of the South African Furniture Initiative, as an industry and the the kind of impact that lockdown has had, we saw, of course, people not spending money in the traditional way. And, uh, you know, you look at retailers like your Builders Warehouse, they've been thriving under um, COVID-19 because people are paying more attention to their homes. As an industry, have you, have you been seeing that in terms of the furniture market at all? Yes, Kathy, absolutely. Um, we've seen a, so what COVID has also done is it's uh, um, kind of forced um, both these, uh, you know, players in the value chain. So be it the retailers or the manufacturers, mm-hmm. um, there was a slowdown in the office uh, industry where because most of us were working from home, uh, there wasn't a uh, demand for office furniture uh, during COVID. But we've seen a turn and we've seen how the manufacturing and retail industry has turned that around in terms of looking at home office furniture. Mm. So the home office, home school concept in terms of how do we now and more. And we found that more and more um, consumers were actually now, because they were spending more time in the home, that they were actually now looking at how they um, needed to change or how they needed to accommodate uh, for both um, the student or the learner and the now, um, you know, person that used to work in the office have to work from home. And as uh, Craig mentioned, um, you know, in our in our spaces, we have very small confined spaces, mm-hmm. spaces and we mm-hmm. have to have sort of the right furniture with the right functionality in terms of anesthetic. So, it, you know, when it needs to look like a home, it looks like a home. And when we need to transform it, transform it into a, a, a learning or a working environment, that, that it does the same. And we've seen that in both the retail and the manufacturing space, where the, the retail and manufacturing industry has come up with amazing concepts and ideas in terms of actually making that happen. Mm-hmm. In these tough, in these tough times, and like you said, uh, they are independent and um, um, listed retailers that have already um, sort of um, used that during this um, um, difficult time of COVID nineteen. 
How has COVID influenced the way that you, uh, I suppose in some sense, also have to reimagine what office spaces will need to look like? Or even schools, you know, schools have been a basic one because traditionally you've had the desks that learners have and in primary school you can share desks and even in some high schools you, you can share desks. But uh, COVID has necessitated that, um, you know, this close proximity that we took for granted can no longer be the way it used to be. And, and and it's been interesting to see how um, stores have been innovating around the kind of furniture that they're providing to schools as well. Yes, I agree. So there's, you know, traditionally, as you've mentioned, uh, school furniture was made at, with a specific brief and with certain specifications. Mm. And now that that uh, environment has moved into the home, as the consumer, um, we have the options of um, liaising with both the uh, manufacturer and the retailer to actually meet the needs of our um, living spaces. Um, where the manufacturer still supplies the, the, the public sector directly, there has also been innovative um, ideas and ways that the public and the private sector has worked together where we still find we need to send our, our, um, our kids to school and we need to accommodate the regulations of COVID-19. It's been amazing the innovation that's come up um, in order for both the manufacturing industry to survive and also to ensure that we meet uh, the needs and demands uh, of the consumer or the mm. client out there. Jason, I know you might not necessarily have this information available on hand, but um, as a business, what, what are the things that South Africans can't live without? So what's on the top 10 items, furniture items that you know um, South Africans will absolutely buy, regardless of how great the design is, or if it's not so great, you'll still have somebody who's looking to take it up? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tricky one. Um, I, I, I've seen what we've definitely seen is a, is a, is a very big increase in sort of wall-mounted um, TV units. Mm. Uh, that's, that seems to be quite, quite, quite trendy. Very right popular, now. very yes, popular, yes. yes. Uh, we, we get more, <laughs> more questions. Can we send renders of them and ideas and inspiration? So that's mm. definitely something that I think is the – but it speaks to sort of being at home and, and you know, how we make our – our homes more comfortable and, and, and you know um, sort of do that yeah so so really I, I think that we've, we've seen definitely um, people upgrading kitchens um, mm. it's, 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 it's it, it has it's been good for the industry I think a lot of people as Bernadette was saying have focused inwardly um, not spending the money on other things right now so 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 fixing up up homes has been been quite a thing and, and it's it's been good for the industry I think also a slowdown in in imports has helped us a lot the, the local manufacturers in terms of of looking for for demand, but yeah, I could just uh, do, kitchens is one of the big things yeah. that are, that have been going, and and obviously these these um, TV mm. units and stuff. Oh, okay, I'm sure Craig good. can answer about couches. I'm sure couches <laughs> are very popular. <laughs> Craig, maybe not so much your your TV wall units, your 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 units, your TV units in the traditional sense. Yeah, no, I think I think definitely just for our point, I mean, we've seen an uptick uh, to what Bernie was saying. I mean, I think home office and outdoor living actually has been probably the two categories where we've seen the most growth. Mm. So, and, and obviously, Craft plays, you know, mainly in the, the living room, the dining room and the bedroom um, as, we li- as we like to play. Um, so I think, you know, across the board, really, I think this whole concept of, of cocooning and people investing in their homes, I think low interest rates are working in our favor at the moment. And to the point that people haven't been able to travel. So I think any disposable income does seem to be filtering back into 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 home improvements, and I think across the board, you know, we like to centre centre everything around the couch. 
but you know I really think that across across all the all, all the rooms in the home there's been you know an equal investment but as I said previously you know the big move has been to this this concept of home office homeschooling mm. and uh, and a big drive to to kind of living outdoor and open spaces you know to, during the summer months uh, post covid Post the hard lockdown, should I say? Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the WhatsApp line, a message here from Anonymous. Uh, good morning, SFM and listeners. Furniture competition is amazing, bringing design and quality together. I used to work for a company and they took the decision years back. Um, let me just open that properly. They took a decision years back to have their offices look the same, whether in America, West or East Africa and Europe. They bought and imported furniture from and a manufacturer in Europe, our office furniture cost 2 million rand and that 2 million rand could have been spent in South Africa. Also just a couple of WhatsApp voice notes coming in uh, to the show on this very subject. Good morning, good morning. I'm so excited about Ifenisha because we only do a woven outdoor furniture here in Devon. So I'm just tuned in from Oshesudlaba at Devon North. Uh, we just want to hear more about ETTI and the uh, funding because we want to expand as well. We're coming for that competition next year, definitely. <laughs> uh, that's great. Thank you so much for that message. And, you know, what advice would you have for people um, like our listener now who are listening to the show and are thinking uh, this is something that I could definitely see myself getting involved with? Benedette? I think I, I just want to mention... Um, you know, in terms of quality and cutting-edge design, um, South Africa is up there with the best in the world. Mm. Um, we need to, you know, the the perception around that European design is superior. Um, you know, we need to, both in South Africa and the rest of Africa, I mean, we have many vibrant design influences, but we need to still work on capturing our story, you know, behind the local design and really to build a truly... Um, African design identity. Mm. So I would say to that um, um, listener now um, that just went on air now to say, yes, please enter the competition next year. Uh, you know, it's both for, for the profession, professional manufacturing and the student category so that we can actually showcase our design capability and actually, as Jason said earlier, on, nurture that design and, you know, showcase it to the world. Um, we need to invest in local design, um, and and we've seen that happen over the years. We've seen over the years um, retailers and corporates, um, the private sector, um, slowly but surely try, um, um, starting to invest in local design and local designers, which is absolutely amazing. Ah, thank you all for being part of this uh, conversation today. And, you know, uh, just as you're all speaking, I'm thinking, um, you know, it's it's great to be able to see the furniture that exists out there, right? And uh, sometimes you can't afford it, but just to look at it, you think, oh, this will look amazing. And it's not an easy thing uh, trying to renovate a house or uh, buy new furniture. But it's really great that uh, some South Africans have been able to do this during such a trying time. Let me thank all of my guests for this morning. It's 11 o'clock. Utile Sago has your latest news. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday.
It's 10 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third hour of the Talking Point. Uh, don't know if you noted this in news, but that breaking news story that uh, they're running, you know, a, a horrible turn of events in Bromfontein as what seems to be a bystander uh, caught up in the violence there and uh, being shot to death, being shot to death as police were trying to uh, disperse the crowds. And, you know, we certainly uh, send our condolences to the individual's family as yet not many details being issued about this particular individual who has now lost their lives pictures online of his body still lying in the street you know uh, covered in 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 that sheet and yeah you just have to wonder why we don't learn the lessons that we need to in terms of how to respond to protests and if you look at the number of officers that were sent to quell the Vitz protests yesterday you almost had you know a, a ratio of one student to one police officer and we've seen what the outcome sometimes of of the responses leads to and uh, today unfortunately a loss of life then uh, taking place in Bromfontein it's going to undoubtedly be a, a big story as we get into the rest of the day We'll keep an eye on it and we'll try and also give you a sense of what's happening in Bromfontein this morning. Uh, the, the protests seem to still be on right now, uh, but it's if, if you're out on the roads, if you're driving, you probably want to avoid um, the Joburg CBD, in particular the Bromfontein area. And yeah, just a, a horrible a turn of events there. But we'll try and get more details in terms of what exactly has happened. And uh, news, as you heard, will also bring you more on uh, the story as they broke uh, the news just in our 11 o'clock bulletin. Well, let's turn our attention and stay then with what we are seeing in terms of uh, the decor and furniture industry. Uh, for now, we're going to be looking at some of the trends in the industry. And at 11.15, we'll take you uh, to the Deputy Minister for the Department of Trade and Industry uh, Competition. And she uh, will be making an announcement and also um, announcing then some of the winners around this competition. I believe they're going to be unveiled in today's event. So uh, for now, though, let me take you to Marcia Margolius, who is an editor of SA Deco and Design and is a web and web fluentia. Uh, Marcia, good morning to you. Hi, good morning to you and thank you for so, so much for having me on your program this morning. So you're the, just so that I get it right, you're the editor of SA Deco and Design and Web Fluentia. Is that a, a separate entity? Well, basically a Webfluential writes, well, I get invited to a lot of shows okay. overseas and both locally and abroad. And I come back reporting to the design and decor industry of what's going on there. Ah, as well as I clients see. wanting me to report on their brands and mm. what is available overseas and coming into South Africa. And most importantly, what we offer to the international marketplace. And we have got such beautiful things mm. on our platforms, which the industry does offer from artifacts right through to furniture, all made locally and all available on our doorstep. So we actually, I believe, are the forefront in interior design, furniture design, and beautiful artifacts. We've got such a beautiful melting pot of different cultures 
which offers such vibrancy to the front. And I almost feel we are the forefront in the design industry, and especially when we hear the word sustainability and growing up. And I'm sure you remember on the sides of the roads being able to buy, and even still today, being able to buy beautiful wire objects. Mm, mm -hmm. And this was all made out of coat hangers or wire and such beautiful artifacts. And we come now into a situation where people are saying, is it sustainable? And yes, we've been doing this for years and years and years. So we almost are the forefront in sustainability to the rest of the world. Mm. That's the way I look at it as a designer, seeing it from the outside in. You know, you're describing South Africa as being a leader in this industry. What 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 determines that? So what are the things that you look at to actually be able to gauge where a country is in terms of its own design expect uh, you know design uh, expertise and how the rest of the world is responding to it? Well, I look at there's about six points, mm. and I say to myself, are we helping to limit waste by reusing materials in innovative ways within? the home or office place. And yes, we have been doing this for years and years and years. We're getting the recycled glassware. We're getting glass made into lamps. We're taking old beautiful wooden pine doors and creating beautiful tabletops from them. Mm. So all these little boxes are ticked from our designers and beautiful artisans out there. Are we keeping items from filling up our dump areas. We've been doing it for years. We're starting with the plastic bags. I mean, I remember beautiful doormats being crocheted from old plastic bags. Yes, yes, yes. You and know, in fact, a lot, you know, where, where I come from, a lot of grannies used to make the most amazing mats from that crochet. Yeah, there yeah. we are. There yeah. we are. So we've been doing this for years and years and years. And in fact, uh, even you can feel the texture. Mm. You could really feel the texture. It was never, it was made with love and passion. And not just when I go visit these shows and I see stands and I'll go, but that's something for my youth. That's what I was mm. growing up with. Mm. Mm. It's not something new sustainability. We've been going on for years and years and we really have been. Have we done a good job, though, of um, of, of of building that market up? And, and I'll give you an example, because oftentimes when people have, you know, you, you talked about the the little artifacts that are made out of wire that you can find in the, uh, you know, on the side of the road. And sometimes, you know, people can be incredibly creative. You'll find often that people look at this and look at those artifacts and they think, no, actually, I'm rather going to go buy something from a shop. And of course, then those industries don't develop as much as they need to. You know what? It's very, very interesting. Marsha? <laughs> Hello, can you hear me? Hi, we seem to be Hi. losing you a bit there, but oh, you're back I'm on the line now. Ever. Yeah. I must be the rain in Cape Town. Washing <laughs> <laughs> out those footprints. Mm. Um, I had a beautiful arrangement of mirrors on my wall. Mm. And somebody walked out the house and they said, oh, this has cost her an absolute fortune. And I said, what? And I looked at them and I said, no, it didn't. It's all recycled, recyclable mm. stuff. And if you put those elements into your home, which is 
we've all got a beautiful contemporary environment. And all of a sudden, you have got something recyclable. The rawness, the texture of it comes out so strongly that it looks like a million dollars. You know, if you think of how it stands out in our environment, and we've got to be proud of what we've got. I mean, I've had people staying in at a home and go, oh, where did you get that um, wire object from? Um, can we take it back with us? And I'll go, yeah, you can buy it on the side of the street. The guy comes out on a Thursday or Friday and he mm, makes these beautiful mm. bicycles for you. Mm. You know, and they stand up and yet my home is contemporary. You, mm. It speaks so much more. It really does. So I think all these artifacts, there are place in our homes for them. They really are. Mm, mm. So we certainly need to find more ways. We need to find more ways of ensuring that these businesses are supported. Marcia Margolius is an editor of Essay Deco and Design and is a web fluential.